Let's begin. It's nine P's, the letter P, in the life of Joseph. We're not going to read the text because it's covered in 10 chapters of Genesis. 37 through 47 is actually 11 chapters, but chapter 38 deals with the parenthetical issue. So if you, if you exclude chapter 38 from 37 to 47, is 10 chapters. So in chapter 37, we start with the first P in Joseph's life. Privilege. We all know about Joseph. Another word you could call him is uh, in schools here. Do you ever use the term? When I was a child, we used to say teacher's pet. You still have that? Well, out of nine children in our family, there were seven boys, one girl, and another boy. I'm the seventh of the first seven sons. Just statistical, just factual. An Irish Catholic nun had met the whole rest of my family. I'm relating to Joseph now, watch this. And she said, you, finally she met me. She said, you must be Andrew, because I was the only one with glasses. I said, yes, and your mother Virginia, Irish Catholic nun, head of the Department of Maternity in a big hospital in the city. She said, you are the seventh son in succession to open the womb. In Ireland, you cannot get any luckier than that. <laughs> I don't know about luck, but I know about the blessings of God. Amen. Now, was my dad right in treating me as the favorite in the family? No, but I was. I can relate to Joseph. There's another way I hope I will relate to him till Jesus takes me home. And that is, even though Joseph was his father's favorite child, he never turned to be a rotten kid. In fact, he turned out to be an enormous, huge blessing. True or false? Now, the majority of us would say, but I wasn't the favorite. I was picked upon. I was neglected. I was this. I was that. It doesn't matter. You know why? When it comes to privilege, you know what the scripture says about Mary in Luke one twenty-eight. Gabriel says to her, Rejoice, highly favored one. The Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. Now, she's not the only one who's received the favor of God. In, John, in, in, in Matthew 11, 11, the Lord Jesus says, No man born of woman is greater than John the Baptist. But yet I tell you, the least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he. Yes, he was filled in the Holy Ghost in his mother's womb. But we have the Holy Ghost without measure. So no matter what your beginning in life may have been. By the way, just because I was favored at home. Listen, I got bullied in school. So no one escapes those things. There's somebody in your life. So but now, when we come into our faith in Christ Jesus, we are favored by God. Even the least in the kingdom is greater than John the Baptist. Matthew 11, 11. So we go from privileged son, daddy's pet. He gets the coat of many colors. We all know that. In Genesis 37, same chapter, he ends up in the pit. Now, his dad sends him to check on the brothers. They've already had enough of his dreams. They're tired of him because they interpreted it as him thinking he's much better than them. And so they look at this as their opportunity. We know what they did. They stripped him of that coat. They, they killed an animal, put the blood on it, and said, we'll tell father that a wild animal has devoured him, found a pit nearby, put him in. Do you think he just sat there quietly? 
I can imagine him crying out, Reuben, Gad, Asher, Levi, Simeon, you can't leave me here. Get me out of here. Brothers. So imagine from being privileged son, he ends up in the pit. What pit do you find yourself in today? Do you feel a sense of despair that you'll never get out of it? It seems impossible. Even though Joseph would have cried out in distress, been distraught and dejected, felt the hurt and pain of rejection. Now listen closely. Even though he wasn't remotely aware of it at the time, God was working out an incredible plan for Joseph's life and for God's glory. We may not see it now, but God had a plan and he was going to bring it to fruition no matter what the enemy tried. So he goes from privilege or pet to the pit. And from the pit, he is the third P, peddled for pennies. Peddled for pennies. Why they think to leave him in the pit, suddenly this uh, Midianite traders come passing by. One of them gets a brainwave. Hey, instead of us leaving with a guilty conscience that he might really get killed by a wild animal at night, let's sell him to these Midianite traders. Now, you know how much they sold him for? The Lord Jesus was sold for 30 pieces of silver. But Joseph's only a type of Christ for 20 pieces of silver. Silver in the Bible stands for atonement or redemption. Purchase. Atonement or redemption. Joseph obviously lest no one matches to the statue of Christ. He sold for 20 pieces of silver. Now think about this with me. There were 12 brothers, right? 12 tribes of Israel. 12 brothers. Benji was the youngest, was the baby. When the dad says to Joseph, go and check if you, on your brothers, I'm pretty sure Benji would have been at home. He's the youngest brother. So Joseph goes, how many older brothers they are looking after the cattle? Ten. They sold him for how much? Twenty pieces of silver. I said peddled for pennies, which means each of the older brothers got two silver coins each. Peddled for pennies. And you know, friend, there's times you feel, I have been undervalued. Be it at work, wherever it may be, you feel in, in the community, you feel devalued, you feel valueless, you feel that they're treating you as if you have no value. Picture what Joseph was going through. Imagine going from most favored son to being sold as a slave for two silver pieces per brother, 20 pieces of silver. It's hard to go through these emotions as it's such an extreme switch. His mind would have been swimming. I mean, just imagine he's standing there watching his brothers barter with the traders to sell him. To sell him, he becomes like chattel, like a piece of furniture. 
Mind swimming in disbelief that his own brothers, maybe you've been done bad by a member of your own family. Don't tell me it doesn't happen in Lancaster County, Pennsylvania. Maybe it was over estate and one sibling has gypped you out of your part of the estate. I don't know. And if we're honest with ourselves, I'm sure there are some among us here who probably just cannot get along with a certain sibling of ours. Joseph's thrown under the bus by all his ten older siblings. Literally thrown under the bus. Can you imagine his disbelief that his own brothers, his family, his close trusted associates would do such a thing to him? You know how this parallels for a pastor in a church? They develop a relationship with an associate, with an assistant. They love them, they treat them as family and then that same person leaves and pulls a bunch of people away with them. The sense of betrayal, feeling of being stabbed in the back and in broad daylight, mind-numbing experience. And so, privilege to the pit, to being peddled for pennies, to chapter 39, he ends up in Potiphar's house. From once being a somebody, not Mr. Super Special, from being somebody, part of Jacob's family and the favorite son. Overnight, he's a nobody. And then the shame and ignominy of being auctioned off, sold at a slave auction. Now, because I'm pigmentally halfway between nowhere, I can get away with most anything. I'm not worried about where you come from. And, and you know, for example, when I come to the States, I just feel bad because most of y'all are pigmentally challenged. <laughs> That's just having fun. Did you know, historically, Arabs bought and sold white slaves? Because sometimes by default, we think slaves had to be black. I'm brown, so I don't belong anywhere. I just, by the way, the world's majority population is brown, just in case you didn't know that. So in heaven, you're going to see a lot of brownies, and they're pretty sweet too. <laughs> no. no. So imagine you're worth nothing. You're like a piece of furniture paraded there. You can, you've seen some of this maybe in a movie here and there. The, 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 the potential buyer would come and prod the guy and see how muscular he was, how much of work he can get. Is this a lady here being sold healthy enough to give me so many years of slave work in the kitchen or whatever? The, the, there's, they couldn't even raise their heads to look at the people who are going to buy them. The shame and ignominy of being auctioned off as chattel. But even in that sale, even in that exercise and purchase, hear me, God was there. Because God had just the right person whom he wanted to buy Joseph. It's all part of the process. Sometimes we can't... Uh, see the forest for the trees, so to speak. It was part of God's plan and purpose because the elevation was going to be so phenomenal, the preparation was going to be incredible. So be careful how high you want to rise. Nevertheless, even in that purchase, God was there. He was bought by the right person, by Potiphar. And guess what? Even in that place, in Potiphar's house, 
Joseph's integrity shines through and he rises to become overseer over all the other slaves and or servants. He becomes a chief steward in Potiphar's house. But not surprisingly, here again, he is sorely tempted. So great a temptation. Now I'm looking at the men and I speak as a man. So great a temptation that the only way out was to run for the hills. You know, Nicky Cruz's book, of which they made a movie, is Run, Baby, Run. And he literally ran when Potiphar's wife tried to force him to get him to lie with her. Of course, we know the story. She grabbed onto his cloak and made up obvious lie when her husband returned, accusing him falsely of wanting to sleep with her. When just the opposite was the fact. You know, if you consider it, Potiphar, for his rank and station, would not have been a foolish man. He'd have known his wife. He'd have known Joseph. You know, if it were really something he believed, my, my gut tells me Potiphar would have had Joseph killed. And so just to save face, that's a very, uh, you know, oriental thing, to save face in the community. They'll put him away in jail. But he is not killed. For his integrity, Joseph is cast into prison. Sometimes at work or in the community, we make or take a stand for what is right and then we suffer for it. We get punished and persecuted for it. Hello, don't give way to despair. Just remember Joseph. He ends up in jail because of this. You may wonder, where is God in my present situation? I've tried to be a man of integrity. I've served Potiphar faithfully and now I'm in a prison cell. Does he not hear my cry? And sometimes, yes, as Christians, we might even question God's existence. Remember Job's wife questioned, since she might as well curse God and die. But Job, Job said something phenomenal. He said, though he slay me, yet will I serve him. In our context, we're not under such intense uh, tribulation, but hopefully we can say, till my last breath, I will serve and bless the Lord. In fact, you know, there's only one excuse you can find in the whole Bible to not praise God. It's the last psalm, the last verse. Psalm 150 verse 6 says, let everything that has breath praise the Lord. If you don't have breath, you're excused. Till that last breath, let us worship and praise our maker. Where is God? And sometimes we question, we doubt he even exists. Why don't you fight for me? Why don't you hear me and answer my cries? Deliver me. In fact, in the Psalms, David says this many times. Hear my cry, O God. Attend unto my prayer. Now we come to the fifth P, which is prisoner. He is, and this is not like being sold as a slave, peddled for pennies. He is now locked up in a cell. Being sold as a slave once was bad enough, but now prison? Can you imagine the thoughts? Surely I'm rejected of God. I mean, obviously my brothers threw me under the bus. So it looks like even God has forgotten me. Be honest, the thoughts we go through, when we go through very hard times, how is it possible I could go through this level or depth of humiliation? Surely I was born to suffer. 
I haven't been made a laughing stock in front of everybody. Why was I even born? Is there no justice in this world? Just like the psalmist crying out, he says, why do the ungodly flourish and the heathen rage? Look how my enemies gloat over me in my suffering, the psalmist says. And be really deeply honest. Sometimes when the stress is so great, Satan comes with suicidal thoughts. Don't tell me it doesn't happen in Lancaster County. When, oh, when will you deliver me, oh God? But, but God. It was the final stage of number six, verses th- chapter 39 and 40. Preparation, there's four Ps here. Preparation, perfection, purifying, and polishing. Preparation, perfection, purifying, and polishing. The refining and purifying was being perfected in this final stage of preparation in prison. Listen to the statement, friends. The more we are emptied of self, the fuller we can become of God. So you know why we think, I didn't say you, I said we. You know why many of us think that we are the best things in sliced bread? Because we're still too full of ourselves. Talk about being empty. Joseph knew what it meant. The more we are emptied of self, the fuller we can become of God. In prison, there was nowhere to go, nowhere to run. Just Joseph, criminals, gods, and God. Just Joseph, criminals, gods, and God. You say, how do I relate to that? I'm a free person. I'm not in a padded cell or in a closed cell. I'm not locked up. Sometimes you feel in your circumstances it's just you, the evildoers who, who, who are persecuting you, others who are control freaks. You, evildoers, control freaks, and God. Even here in prison, Joseph's integrity shines through. What an amazing young man of God. What an indomitable faith. Unshakable, unbreakable faith in God. Joseph is promoted as overseer over other prisoners. So even the guards could have an extra cup of coffee. Because they knew Joseph would make sure everything went like clockwork. He's made overseer over other prisoners. You've heard this expression? You can't keep a good man down. Now when I say man, please understand generically. Man, woman, boy, girl. You can't keep a good man down. Another statement which is always true. And we have a lot of farmers here in Lancaster County, dairy farmers. You boil the milk. Cream always rises to the top. Cream always rises to the top. In prison, in the cell with him, there's Pharaoh's former butler and baker. Each of them have a dream. The baker dreams that I had... Uh, was employed again. I, I was out of jail. I had a basket with loaves of bread and then the birds came and picked some away and, and the butler said, I dreamed that I had these grapes and I crushed them and I made wine and I was serving the cup to Pharaoh again. And Joseph gives them both the meaning of the dream. Tells the baker, in three days' time, Pharaoh will send for you. You will be hanged. <laughs> Tells the butler, in three days' time, Pharaoh will call for you. You will be reinstated into your position. But when you are reinstated, Remember me to Pharaoh. 
You think after all that, the guy would remember Joseph? Preparation and perfection. He interprets those two dreams in prison and they both come true exactly as he'd said and both of them, the one is hanged, the one is reinstated and Joseph is waiting. I mean, this is how we feel sometimes. Our Lord, I've done everything. I've been faithful to you. I have my own time with you. I'm regularly at, at uh, CWI. I pay. Well, if, we, if you believe in tithes or New Testament giving, I don't mind if you want to call it New Testament giving so long as it exceeds the Old Testament tithe. No amen, just looking at me. All right. <laughs> call it what you want. But we need to exceed and outdo what was expected. Uh, we've won scripture, I'll give you Galatians 3.25. Now the law was our schoolmaster to bring us to Christ. So now you ought to exceed by far. So let's not, get, let's not get stuck on terminology. Lord, I've been doing everything. I've been tithing. I've been giving. I've been supporting missions and, and, and everything under the sun. But why isn't my circumstances changing, Lord? What's the impediment? And here's Joseph. He's done everything. He's promoted even in jail. He's given the dreams and he's waiting. And the butler promptly forgets about him. But God also has a perfect time. And finally, Pharaoh has a dream. And the butler hears because none of the wise men can give him the meaning. He had dreamed about seven fat, in America you don't use that word, obese ears of corn. <laughs> to be politically correct, you see, sorry. Didn't mean to hurt your feelings. And then seven lean ears of corn. The seven lean ears ate up the fat ears. Seven fat cows came for the river Nile. Seven lean cows. The seven lean cows devoured the seven fat cows. What does it mean? Nobody could say anything. The butler goes, ding, 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 ding. There's somebody in prison named Joseph. He told me my dream, Pharaoh. I'm sure he can give you the meaning. Send for Joseph. Don't think they just dragged him out of prison. I know in Lancaster you said drug him out. <laughs> Don't think they dragged him out of prison and brought him. They would have given him a good old scrubbing down from that prison cell. You know, shaved him, whatever. Uh, put a bit of spit and polish. That's how the Aussies talk. And brought him with clean robes in front of Pharaoh. Pharaoh tells him the dream. And Joseph says, God is showing me what the meaning is. And so there will be seven years of plenty. Followed by seven years of famine. And if Pharaoh is wise, he will find a wise man store up grain in the seven years of plenty. So Egypt is prepared. The people will be taken care of seven years of famine. Pharaoh find a wise person to do this. And Pharaoh is like, you know, it doesn't take long to, to the penny to drop. Well, who is a wiser man in all of Egypt than you? That Joseph. Here you are, son. Here's my ring. You will be second in the country to me. You know, in old English, that title would have been like Grand Vizier. Of all Egypt. Grand Vizier. You know, not like we'd say Vipo, Prime Minister. Second in command only to Pharaoh in all of Egypt. That's what all that preparation, perfection, purifying, polishing was. Because the seventh P is promotion and position. Promotion and position. As a result of giving Pharaoh the interpretation of the dream, Joseph is promoted to the second highest position in all of great Egypt. And Egypt wasn't just a country at that time. It was more like an empire. Joseph is now catapulted from obscurity to notoriety 
He becomes a household name in Egypt. From being a non-entity to a man of great worth, title, position and honor. He is even given the daughter of a high priest as wife. Talk about promotion. But God, but God, but God had been a long time in preparing Joseph. So that when this promotion happened. Are you listening friend? Because a lot of us have been blessed beyond what we could have imagined. When this promotion happened, Joseph was able to handle it. He could take it in a stride. It never went to his head. Just in case. Oh, we may present like so meek and gracious on the outside, but on the inside, if I think I'm the cat's whiskers, we've lost the plot. Joseph was able to take it in a stride. It didn't go to his head. Psalm 75 verse 6 and 7 says, Promotion does not come from the east, west or south, but from the Lord. Suddenly, when least expected, in despair in that prison cell, God comes through. So, how does Joseph handle it? Here are these two little phrases. Be humble, stay humble. Be humble, stay humble. By the way, you can never tell anybody that you're a humble person. Because if you do so, that's a false humility, which is pride. Because if you're humble and you know it, then you're proud. You're just wrapping your head around that. I'll tell you honestly, some years ago, I was at worship center visiting. And this couple came to me. They may be with the Lord now. And he said to me, big dude, you're the humblest person I've met. You know what happened to me? I broke down sobbing. <laughs> I'm thinking, sir, you don't see my heart. But if we lap it up, something is seriously wrong with us. He was able to take it in a stride. Be humble. And stay humble. When God brought him to a place of position. And number eight P. Where? At the palace. You can't top that. Promotion at the palace. The royal palace. Pharaoh's palace. You can't get promoted any higher. So the greater the preparation. The higher the promotion. The greater the preparation. The higher the promotion, the deeper the emptying, the greater the filling. From being a slave to now having almost everyone bow before you. Exactly as a dreamed as a, what he dreamed as a young lad. He dreamed that all his brother's sheaves, when they uh, reap the harvest, bow down to his. And the next dream he dreamed that the sun, moon and the stars, which is dad, mom and the family. All, at that point even dad said, son, cool it. You know, we might have to see a psychiatrist if you don't stop these dreams. <laughs> you know what, I'm just trying to Americanize it for you. <laughs> Postmodern US. Exactly as he dreamed, everyone in the land had to bow to him except for Pharaoh and his family. It was all coming together now. You know why? God's plan in God's way and in God's time. God's plan, God's way, and in God's time. But like I said earlier, God's purpose for Joseph was not, in promoting him was not just 
for him to have an ego trip because of all the sufferings he had endured or to make amends for that. Rather, it was, and uh, Sister Jennifer uses this exact same term when she was handling the offering time. It was to make provision. Provision. We are blessed to be a blessing. And I can look you straight in the eye and say, America, America, God shed his grace on thee. You are part of the fabric of America. You are blessed beyond degree. You may think you are not, but in relative terms, you are blessed beyond measure. But we have been blessed to be a blessing. Why did God promote him to the palace so he could make provision for his father? Eventually Jacob would come from Israel. His family, the same brothers who threw him under the bus for two bob apiece. Two silver coins apiece. His father, his family, all his friends in Egypt, adopted country, and even foreigners from the neighboring lands. Father, family, friends, foreigners to make provision for. Even in the, at the time when his brothers then came to purchase grain, Joseph's sterling character comes shining through. Come on, we touched on this a little earlier. There's some of us here. Notice I didn't say some of you. Some of us here that have the most difficult time with one sibling or more. Joseph had the opportunity to quash them. Instead, when he recognized them, age progressed, though they would all have been, he ran into a side room and wept his heart out. It was for joy that his brothers, the same ones who sold him, Even in the reunion, his sterling character comes shining through. He sought no revenge, but he wept when he saw them. He loved and forgave them. Remember, he's a type of Christ. This is how Jesus sees you and me. For every past betrayal we have made of him. He loves us with an everlasting love. He forgives us. Joseph's heart rejoiced to see them again. Could you and I do this for those who betrayed us, threw us under the bus, stabbed us in the back. Oh, what a wonderful, amazing type of Christ Joseph is. In spite of all we have done to our precious Savior, he has nothing but a heart full of love for us and extends forgiveness to us if we will but come to him. And what does Psalm 23, 5 say? You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemy. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. God has elevated us. Think back to our BC days before Christ. When all was lost. God has elevated us from being spiritual paupers. To now having become sons and daughters of God. We are now princes and princesses. Remember that old Amy Grant song? Did you ever know that you could be a princess? 
We are now princes and princesses to our God. And we feast at his banqueting table. We lack for nothing. Now instead of being the ones at the receiving end, instead of being the ones in need, he blesses us so that we can be a blessing to others. Think of those five children this couple talked about from Ukraine, four in Italy and one still there. To bring them in. He blesses us so that we can be a blessing to others. When God brings you to the place of blessing, make sure you walk with grace and humility. When God brings us into the place of blessing, make sure we walk with grace and humility. I need to insert this. It's our 32nd year in ministry. There's three major projects. Fiji, Indonesia, India, that's China, Islam, Hindu, communist. Two of the three projects today, after three decades, are self-supporting. I mean, we need Christ. Without him, our next breath comes. Two of them are self-supporting. Does that mean I think I've arrived? When God brings you into the place of blessing, make sure you walk with grace. You know what? God did it in spite of <laughs> with all my frailties, he knows then from the beginning he did it in spite of me. Dare you take credit and thump your puny little chest. All I want is Lord. I want to hear you say well done. Never forget it's all of God and none of you or me. Oh, but Brother Andrew, I'm a, I'm a talented musician. I'm an artist. I'm a poet. It doesn't matter. All those giftings were put into you from conception by God. It's all of God, none of you and me. We are to yield it to him for his service to expand his kingdom on this earth. It's not my kingdom come, thy kingdom we have been blessed to be a blessing. So in wrapping it up, here's the nine P's just in case you want. One, privilege or daddy's pet. Two, pit. Three, pedal for pennies. Four, uh, Potiphar's house. Five, prisoner. Six, preparation, perfection, purifying, polishing. Seven, promotion and position. Eight, palace. Nine, provision. Or we could say God has now prospered him beyond his wildest dreams. Last statement. Joseph spent his childhood as favorite son, coat of many colors, thinking he was somebody. Then the rejection, slavery, and prison, he found out in himself he was nobody. Finally, God exalts him and Joseph learns how God can make us somebody out of a nobody. May I have the worship team? I should have called them up just quickly. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I just, you know, there's somebody here who says, you know, Brother Andrew, I have struggled. Let's be honest and real. I have struggled. I have wondered where God was in my circumstances. I've been praising him, worshiping him, doing the right things that I know, but it seems I haven't had the breakthrough from my prison cell. I still feel I'm in bondage. 
So God, the Spirit of God is present to break every chain, to break every chain. He is present tonight. May we rise to our feet, please, as they play. Uh, uh, leave us in. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I will be here. Sister Jennifer's here. Other elders. Thank you, Jesus. If you want to be ministered to, please come forward. Please do come forward. Hallelujah. For those chains to be broken. So we can come into the place where God wants to bless us, to make us a blessing. Hallelujah. 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 If there's anyone that would like prayer tonight, we invite you up front. Brother Andrew, if you want to come, be available to minister. If you have anything that you need agreement with, anything you want prayer for, but in particular, Two things came up on the inside. Um, my brother was talking about a pit, and this maybe this isn't maybe this is for somebody here, maybe this is for somebody listening on online. But you you feel like you've been in the pit, and the Lord's saying, change your confession, change your perspective, change your confession. Fix your gaze on Him. Fix your gaze on Jesus, the author and the finisher of your faith. He started your faith. He will end it. Keep your eyes on Him and make your confession line up with the Word of God instead of lining up with the problem, with the symptoms, with the report. Change your confession and it will bring you into victory. Bring you out of that pit. And the other is this, and, and again, if this is you here in the house tonight, I'm going to invite you to come up because there is breakthrough when you take action. There's breakthrough when you just surrender and, and lay it all down. Someone is in the pit here tonight because of a relationship, because of 
harboring bitterness and unforgiveness, family member, sibling, sister, brother, aunt, uncle, father, I don't know, but it's relationship. And you're in the pit, you're circling around, and you're there held back in bondage because of the bitterness and the unforgiveness that you've allowed to take root. But it can be broken off of you tonight if you will lay it down. So if that's you in the house tonight, I just encourage you, just come. If it's somebody online, we're going to pray. And you can release your faith. You can take a step of action with your mouth and just acknowledge the sin of unforgiveness, the sin of bitterness. And if you're listening online, you can do this at home find somebody to pray with you but you can be delivered from that Thank you, Lord. We worship you tonight, Lord. I thank you for what you're doing in, in our hearts. Thank you for the good word that was sown into our hearts. Lord, I ask you to water it. It might take root. Lord, I ask you to fill us full of your grace that we could walk in what we've heard, that we can make the adjustments that you are asking us to make root out anything that should not be Lord less of us more of you less of me and more of you Lord so I thank you for what you've done in our hearts and we just just give you the praise and the glory for it Lord Thank you for what you're doing in our hearts this week. I ask that you would bless the people as they go. Lord, as they cry out to you, if any do throughout the week, Lord, that you would be there and they would sense your presence. And we thank you for the answers, for the word, for the help in advance. We give you the glory for it. In Jesus' name, and amen. Well, you are dismissed, and one way that we love God is by loving one another, so love on each other.
is everybody? We're glad to see we have our world travelers back. <laughs> Troy and Rebecca are home after being gone for quite a while, so we're glad to have them with us. Well, we're going to enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. So I'm going to read to you from Psalms 92 here. It says, it is good to praise the Lord. You know, that's good to just raise your hands and tell him how good he is. Tell him how glad you are that he's delivered you and saved you. It's good to praise the Lord and make music to your name, almost High. Proclaiming your love in the morning and your faithfulness at night. So just both ends of the day, just front and back to the music of the ten-stringed lyre and the melody of the harp. So it's scriptural we have our instruments up here. Maybe some of you grew up in a denomination where you didn't do that, but right here it says that we're to praise the Lord with, our, with these instruments. For you make me glad by your deeds, Lord, and I sing for joy at what your hands have done. Now right here is a key. If you need some gladness some joy in your day here's how you get it you thank him you thank him for what he's done you remember what he his deeds and what he's has good how good he's been in your life it's really hard to stay down in the dumps when you remember your blessings so you can try that so how great are your works lord how profound your thoughts senseless people do not know and fools do not understand i know there's no senseless people here, no fools here tonight, say, I understand, I understand that though the wicked spring up like grass and all evil doers, all evil doers flourish, they will be destroyed forever. But you, Lord, are forever exalted. So just, I encourage you, lay down any burden, lay down any care you might have had today through the week and just enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with Great, so stand to your feet. Let's worship the Lord. that you are a firm foundation that you are our refuge you are our strength and no matter what comes we have somebody we can turn to we have somebody that we can count on to save to deliver to call out to so we just present ourselves to you tonight lord we present this service to you we say move in our midst move in our hearts what you want us to adjust, we will adjust. What you want us to change, we will change. Just thank you for what you're going to do tonight in our hearts. And we give you the praise and we give you the glory in the name of Jesus. Amen. 
Well, before we dismiss the children, uh, we have Aaron Ray and Shawnee. You, there's Shawnee. We have something that they would like to announce, some, something the Lord's doing in their family. So children, if you don't mind, just hold on for a moment and I'll bring them up and they can share what's happening in the Zimmerman household. Okay, it's Shawnee. Okay, he's coming. Good evening, everybody. It's good to see all of you. I know the summer is a busy time, but it's good to see familiar faces. So Aaron and I just very quickly want to share with you what the Lord is doing, because we definitely are not the ones orchestrating all of this. We do partner with him, though. Most of you probably know that we are currently slap dab in the middle of an adoption process, which is currently on hold because of the war in Ukraine. So we had hosted five, three siblings last year during the summer and felt that the Lord laid it on our hearts to bring them into our family. And these three siblings have two younger siblings, so there's a total of five. We have not met the two younger ones yet, but we have a picture. And so we have a slideshow that we're just quickly going to show you because I believe that when you can see it, it becomes more real. It does mean it is more real, but it often feels that way. So, um, Noah, if you could bring that up for me. So I'm going to show you a picture of the five siblings uh, after the slide. <laughs> so um, there we go. So here we have Sasha in the middle, Alina on the left, and Serioja on the right. They were with us last year. Um, Noah, if you could go back to the first slide quickly. I just wanted to give you context as to where the kids came from in Ukraine. They were evacuated about three weeks into the war because their city was occupied by Russian forces and is still occupied by Russian forces. And so if you look at the circle, the red circle, that is Berdyansk, that is where they were located. And if you look a little bit to the right, that area, Mariupol, has been leveled. That is how close they were um, to the front line. So at about week three, they were evacuated up to Zaporizhia, just a bit up, then all the way up into Poland. Poland was full, and then they were taken all the way down to Italy. So they have been there ever since, at least, well, the four of the five. The four oldest are in Italy right now, in the northern part, and uh, the youngest, Anastasia, is still in Ukraine in the east, in the west, sorry. We don't know where exactly, um, but she is currently safe. So, on that note, Aaron and I have been praying for the opportunity to go visit the children. Because all adoptions, international adoptions, are on hold, literally are, it has come to a standstill. We've done everything we can on stateside. We have U.S. approval to adopt them, but the next step is in limbo because there's no one to receive our paperwork. So, one of the prayer points, if you pray for us, please pray that this would get moving. So in about less than two weeks, we are finally going to go see four of the five children in Italy. We're hoping to meet Nikita, the second youngest. So Noah, if you could go to the next slide. So you can see these are the five children that we are hoping to make a part of our family. At the top is Sasha, in the middle is Serioja, and at the bottom, in blue, is Nikita. And then way at the top is little Anastasia, and then Alina. If you could keep moving, Noah, please. So what are we going to do in Italy? Well, since the beginning of the war, or since they got to Italy, there has been a host organization there helping because there are only five chaperones for about 96 children. 
Um, and then the younger ones, I don't even know how many chaperones are helping the younger ones. So Nikita is not with the three older ones. The pictures you can see, and um, if we can just go through them, are images of the children in Italy. What, the gentleman in the hat is one of the um, organization leaders who was there. They're trying to do activities with the children. They're getting bored. They're holed up in a hotel. They do have Italian school some mornings, but really they are displaced. They are traumatized, and now they are a people without a home. So the organization that we are now partnering with has asked us to every day do a craft with the children and to also provide snacks and supplement their food. They are, the funding has been running out that Italy had been giving, and Ukraine is not able to fund anything. So our goal is to go to bless the children, to spend time with them every day with all the, the children, and to have them, have them do something constructive. So there is an Italian soccer team that played against some of the kids. The boy on the left in blue is Serioja. You can see they're playing games. So we will be there for two weeks, and we're hoping to bring the word to them, to minister to their hearts, and simply to help them to pass the time, because they really are quite frustrated, and it's not an ideal situation. Noah, could you go back one slide? And I'll end there because we have a few minutes. So this is the first picture that we have gotten of all four siblings. Nikita, the little blonde in on the left or the right, whichever you're looking at it. Um, we are hoping to meet him, and they got to visit him this week to just spend some time with him, which is very unusual. So they, I think this is their first family photo that they've probably had in two-plus years or ever. I don't even know if there is a family picture. He hasn't seen them in a long time. So... We, we're asking that you would pray for us because we know this is not a physical battle per se. Yes, it is. I mean, the, there is a war, but it's spiritual and these children need our prayers. Um, so please pray for us as we go. We leave on Wednesday the 20th and uh, we'll be returning on August 5th. And uh, just for us to have the strength and the stamina to minister to them, to love them well, and to just help with supplementation of food and give them our best attention. Did you want to add something? Just a couple prayer, you know, as I think in the, as I was thinking about prayer, you know, uh, divine appointments, favor with the staff, the people that are there and just the, the right moments with the kids and opportunities and just um, being able to say the right thing to the right youngster at the right time and just that supernatural kind of thing. Um, so thank you for praying with us and for us. We will have, Noah, the last slide, if you could go to it and we'll end there. We put together a postcard. We don't have it here today. It's in print this week. But if you're interested in walking this journey with us and to, if you want to be updated and you want to pray for us, we will have a card available in about a week or so um, just to put on your fridge as a reminder to, um, if you want to pray for us and walk this journey with us. So I'll have that next week. Um, and thanks again for loving us and for loving these children as you pray and stand with us. We appreciate you. Thank you for sharing. Um, yeah, do cover them in prayer for the situation, all the different things they mentioned. But I also wanted you to be aware that it's another opportunity that we can sow into them, sow into the children and uh, they can, we can help carry that burden with them. All right. Well, children, you can be dismissed to your classes. Teachers, you can go tend to the children. 
and the rest of us, find somebody to greet and hug on and say, I'm glad you're here tonight. Well, we'll welcome you to take your seat. We're glad to see you all tonight and especially glad to anyone that's here for the very first time. If this is your very first time at Church of the Word International, can you just raise your hand so we can acknowledge you, greet you, clap and everything like that? We won't ask you to give your lives. Right? Well, we're glad you're here, Josh. We're always glad you're here. <laughs> All right. Well, we're going to prepare to return the tithe. So if you need a cash envelope for your giving, you can raise your hand and the ushers will bring you one. And of course, if you're giving by credit card, please fill out all of the blanks. Well, we return the tithe because we love God, right? And we love his word and we want to obey it. So turn to Mark chapter 4. I don't know about you, but I believe in him and I believe in his word and I believe it's true. How about you? We on the same board there? All right, well, it's very important that when we return the tithe and when we give offerings, we're doing it from a heart of faith. If you want God to be pleased with your offering then in, and pleased with your life, really, you've got to do it in faith. That's the only thing that pleases God. In fact, Scripture says it is impossible to please Him without faith. That means it cannot be done. So we must give Whatever we do in life, we're just talking about tithes and offerings since that's what we're doing at this moment, but it must be in faith. Faith is a must. I want to talk a little bit about um, sowing and reaping, but in particular, a lot of times when we talk about sowing and reaping, we talk about the seed, the importance of the seed. Did you know that Jesus said that the whole The way the whole kingdom of God works is by this law, the the law of sowing and reaping. And he said, if you don't understand this, how could you understand anything else he was saying? That's what he says in in Mark chapter 4, verse 15. You can read that where he was talking about it. Well, it might be, let me just turn over here and tell you for exact. Uh, In verses 13 is where he says that. He says, don't you understand this parable? How then will you understand any parable? Well, he was talking about the fact that everything operates in the kingdom of God by the law of sowing and reaping. And so usually, as I was saying, we emphasize the importance of the seed. And seed is extremely important. I mean, which of you ever got a crop of corn without first putting corn kernels in the ground? Nobody's ever done that. you, you got to have a seed. So, so seed's very important. But I want to, you to see the importance of the ground. So turn to Mark 4, and I'm going to read verse 26 through 28. He also said this, speaking of Jesus, This is what the kingdom of God is like. A man scatters seed on the ground. Night and day, whether he sleeps or gets up, the seed sprouts and grows, though he does not know how. All by itself, the what? What does it say? The soil. It says all by itself, the soil produces grain. First the stock, then the head, then the full kernel in the head. So do you see what it says there? It said the, the soil produced the grain. Now, now think about it. Now, I'm not, I'm not 
underestimating the importance of the seed. Because like I said, you know, you, you need to have a seed. If you don't have a seed, you're, the ground's not going to do anything on its own. But if I would take a, a kernel of corn and just throw it out there on the blacktop or go throw it out on some gravel road, would it produce? So the ground's pretty important. The condition of the ground is really important. You see, it wouldn't produce anything if the condition of the ground isn't met, right? You got to have that seed and the right conditions of the ground. You got it for that seed to flourish and to thrive and everything like that. You, you can't just have a hard stony ground or full of weeds and all of that. And if we'd have had time, you know, the previous verses tells us about how that the seed is the word of God. In verse 15, it tells us that. Is that right? Yeah, it is. Verse 4, it said some people, no, it's, it's not. It's, um, hmm, so is the word. It's verse 14. The farmer sows the word, so the seed is the word. And that the person's heart is the ground. And if you read this parable, you see that all the different grounds he was talking about, all the varying conditions, that's all the varying conditions of your heart. So how important is it that we sow from a heart of faith? How important is it that we sow from a heart of of love? It makes all the difference. A lot of times when we think about ground and sowing into good ground, we think about, well, you know, is that person a good, you know, quality person? Or is that ministry, what are they going to do with it? But, you know, it's you. It's me. It's, it's my heart. My heart from a heart of faith. That's what's going to make the difference in you and I reaping a harvest from our, from our sowing. And this applies to all areas of life. In this particular, we're talking about the area of finances right now. But it works in all areas of your life. Your heart. We're responsible for the condition of our heart. So, how does this work? When the seed, the word of God, gets concerning finances, since we're talking about finances right now, that's what we're going to use. When the word of God gets sown in your heart concerning finances, well, what's the condition of your heart? Do you receive that with joy? Do you receive that with faith? Do you act on it and have it produce a harvest? That's our responsibility. So let's say some things together. Say, my heart is good ground. Say, I receive the word with joy and with faith. I believe the word of God. I will act on it. And I will bring good results. I will reap good harvests. Is that a word? Amen. All right. So we're going to sow from good ground, into good ground, from good hearts. Does that make sense? You all follow what I'm trying to bring out tonight? All right, good ground. Father, we just present our tithes to you tonight and our offerings. Lord, we want to please you in everything that we do in life. We want to please you with our life. Lord, we give you, we give you our heart, Lord. And we just sow this from a good ground. We want to receive your word into good ground, our hearts to be soft and that tender, and that we would change as you tell us to change, and that we would make adjustments, that the word of God would fall on our ears, fall into our hearts, and it would bring a good crop, a good harvest. So we thank you, Lord, for the incorruptible word of God, the seed that's been sown in our hearts. 
And I thank you, Lord, for the promises concerning finances. I thank you, Lord, that we can count on you to bring answers and to bring help and to bring provision for everyone here that needs provisions. Lord, I just thank you for the answers and that it's on time. In Jesus' name, and amen. And the ushers can pass the baskets and the people will give it to the Lord. All right, there is, if you notice, if you have a bulletin, how many of you grabbed a bulletin and, and, and looked at it? That's what it's for, so we appreciate when you look at it. On the back here, we have the heirs party, a luau. <laughs> yes, we, we got it this time. <laughs> so, uh, if you would like to attend this luau, <laughs> here I go again. Uh, please RSVP. If, if you weren't here last year, I really butchered that word. Um, so I'm growing. So I just wanted to bring attention to that. If you, everyone here is invited, but they would appreciate if you would RSVP. VBS is coming up, so plan to bring your children, your neighbors, friends, register. That's coming up July 18th through the 21st. So Pastor Sid is in Colorado, and he passed his pilot's license, flight lesson, whatever. So I ha- actually, the truth is I haven't even, you know what, and, and Brother Andrew, I told you I had a, a message from, um, from Sydney before the service, and I got sidetracked. I didn't even listen to it. Sorry, babe. Because <laughs> he sent me a message. I didn't talk to him all day other than that he um, just texted and said, I passed, you know, exclamation, exclamation. But I knew that he was, after he passed, he was going to go on and get his high-performance aircraft rating. I think I said that right. Um, He said, you know what, Dad will let him use one of his planes, and it's rather than having to come back here and rent it, and he can just take a couple hours and quick do it. So he has had some intense, an intense week, an intense day, And I'm really happy for him, and I'm looking forward to hearing all about it. But in the meantime, we get to have Brother Andrew Taylor with us, which uh, he's right there. He is, I know he's been here before, but he's from Australia. They have um, APT Foundation as their ministry, and we're excited to have you with us tonight. And I know that the Lord's going to speak through you. And it's going to fall into good ground. How, how about it? We're, your heart good ground? All right. We're going to receive with joy what the Lord brings tonight through our brother. So come bless the people. We will also have a basket at the back. So if you'd like to bless Brother Andrew, um, we'll have a basket. If you could put a basket at the back and let's sow into his ministry. Thank you. Wow, that was great. Uh, great to be with you all again. Honored as usual. I just have to single out some people. So we have Chuck and Janelle Zimmerman in the corner there. Just raise your hands. Friends who got the invitation. And then there's Bruce and Rachel Webster right here. Just raise your right, right here. You know, just across the road, there's Nookside, the farm. Nookside. It's a horse farm and all sorts of stuff. So that's her brother, her brothers. So you want a free ride, talk to her afterwards. (laughs) You want a free flight, talk to Pastor Sid. (laughs) And, you know, uh, 
Paul and uh, Sandy Burkholder, Sandy and Paul both came to the beautiful Fiji Islands to a Bible college there and uh, she ministered on worship. And then where's Reba Barman? Uh, she was just, just really, keep the hand up there, Reba. I knew her as Reba Zimmerman. That's, uh, uh, she came to Australia with the youth team, so there's all kinds of connections over here. Uh, I know you, Debbie Hershey, from, from another place. But, and then you know, Troy and Becky Pouts have become our neighbors at the campground. We are this side of the tabernacle, big tabernacle, and they're on the other side of the tracks. <laughs> the other, other, side, other side of the tabernacle. And uh, there's Alan Lee, that's Reba's brother, standing in the back. So I know a whole lot of you, Karen Zimmerman, and just you know John and Nellie. So I, I better stop or someone will be offended because I didn't mention their name. Is that Adrian? No, it's younger. It's younger. Carson. Hi, Carson. So, uh, let's go. We have the PowerPoint up. Um, and uh, Dave Rissa, I follow him. He and I are uh, quite a bit online. I post stuff online every day, something to exhort and encourage the people. So, Dave and I, we have like minds. So it's, all right. So, App Foundation is tax exempt. And again, this church is one of those that is a faithful blessing uh, to the ministry, there's a few folk, I can't do those names in public. <laughs> so it comes funneled through the church, and thank you all so much for those part of that. Uh, so it's, and by the way, our son Luke hasn't been to the East Coast for seven years. He's 27, he's single, and uh, he's scheduled to come in around the 24th of this month. So we anticipate a spate of dinner appointments for that one month that he's here. <laughs> From those who have daughters, I just love to have fun. Um, It's okay, you can find me on Messenger, on WhatsApp, on email, on, you know, you can just contact us. All right, Uh, next, uh, uh, Anne's project. Now, I want to call her up shortly, but I'll just cover this. She has a project in Bangalore, India, for children from the slums. Uh, She has a passion for the poor the homeless and the underprivileged. That's why she married me. Okay. <laughs> so, <laughs> he looks at me like that. I'm not sure about that humor. Uh, and uh, so they're taught five days a week, a free daycare center. They're taught and fed. And we eat the same food as those children. If you check my profile out, I'm not doing too bad on it. All right. Next slide. Uh, some of the slums from which they come. Next um, uh, poster child for the year, next. Uh, Anne with the little boys, next. Me with the little girls, next. And those are new clothes that she gets for them. That's her passion. Uh, next. Um, Anne with her staff. Now, Anne has a different kind of faith to me. At our Bible colleges, Fiji, Indonesia, North India, uh, if you're not born again, you're not getting hired. In fact, if you're not born again, spirit-filled, you're not getting hired. She hires Hindu ladies, and they all get born again. It's just a different kind of faith, you know, so we have to, not just born again, spirit-filled, and the staff, not the children, staff even fast on Tuesdays and pray. Put me to shame, it's amazing, the, the zeal. And one of them, just in a Hindu country, took the extreme step of getting baptized in water. In that country, that is uh, like anathema, you can be ostracized, your life can be in danger. Uh, they have a very strong Hindu government there right now. Next. Um, this little boy, babe, why don't you come up and tell them a little bit about Chiru? Come, come. I just told you I'll call up Anne. So she had, the, the children are between 18 months and four years. 
and then they graduate to go to a local government school, uh, and so, are you there you are? So at the end of graduation? Yeah. Oh, testimony. Oh, I made a spelling error. Look at that. That's humbling. Humbling for an English teacher. <laughs> now it's a typo. <laughs> Go ahead, Bill. Yeah, this little boy has been with us since he was one and a half. And then he, well, they, because of the COVID pandemic uh, circus, there was no school for children under five till early this year. So uh, he was coming to us from about October last year again, and uh, we were preparing him for school. And he started school now. But before he graduated, well, this is graduation day actually, we give them a pack with a school bag and books and whatever stuff they need. And uh, there was a bit of time before the parents came and picked up the children. So uh, I asked them if there was anything they wanted to share about their experience of being at Door of Hope. And this little guy put up his hand and he said, I want to say something. He's a little Hindu boy. And um, uh, when he came up, he said, when I came to Door of Hope, I heard about, my teacher told me about Yesapa. Yesapa to them is God, Jesus. Yesu is Jesus. Appa means father. It's like Father Jesus. And um, my teacher told me that if I prayed to Yesapa, uh, he would help me. And so I prayed to Yesapa, and he stopped my father drinking and hitting my mother, and he stopped hitting me. So that was like a hug from heaven for me because, you know, sometimes you wonder, is it making any kind of difference? And, and that little boy kind of gave me that. And I, I just want to give God all the glory for what he's done in his heart. Yeah. Thanks. Well, you can give it to me. Next slide. It's just $10 a month to sponsor a child to attend Door of Hope. Next. Then those who graduate with a scholastic aptitude, those are pretty decent in English. Instead of them going to the local government school where the medium of instruction is in the vernacular language, we sponsor them to attend an English medium school. So when they graduate from the English medium school, they could be one of your, uh, you know, when you call for tech support. Hello, my name is Philip Brown. How can I help you today? <laughs> it's not Philip Brown, they're just coach, but they would have the tech savvy. So basically from the slums to becoming tech support for your computer stuff is a quantum leap in life station. So they will have that opportunity, just $12.50 a month to sponsor one of those. Next slide. We sponsor 20 plus of our graduates to English medium school, covers their tuition, uniforms and school books. <coughs> Next. Uh, we'll move on to App Foundation, the mother or parent organization, which is now our 32nd year of operation. Uh, we've established the three Bible colleges in the beautiful Fiji Islands in the South Pacific. If you just think Hawaii, a mirror image of Hawaii south of the equator. So instead of flying to Hawaii and paying so much, pay a little more for the airline ticket and you can get three nights in the Fiji Island at a resort instead of one night in Hawaii. So just, just contact me later, all right. So, plus, we have graduates from our Bible colleges who work in the resource. They get another discount. All right, so uh, Fiji, Indonesia, India. Uh, we started two Christian schools in Fiji and 
North India, constructed 23 simple church buildings, support, sponsor nearly 60 plus native pastors, uh, purchased 20 plus good used motorcycles for them. This is primarily in those three countries, South Pacific, Fiji, Indonesia, and India. Next. Um, that's one of our graduates in Jakarta, Indonesia. He's not in Jakarta anymore, but he's pastored a church that has now more than 2,000 people. That, by the way, that project is my personal revenge for 9-11. This Bible school was started on the heels of that. And so here's how we respond to the Spirit of Christ, take the gospel to them, more of them getting saved. Next, these two girls are alumni. They minister to 200 plus homeless people on the streets of Jakarta. Next, um, student body with my dean. Next, um, graduation students. Next, now to the beautiful Fiji Islands, our main hall. Next, uh, student body. Next, student, children at our Christian school. Next. Uh, this is our international-sized rugby field with some staff quarters. We've actually conducted, among many other activities, sports activities, one international women's rugby tournament on our field. So it's five minutes driving from the airport, so it's quite positively situated. Next. Um, this is in Tavo. Is this being live-streamed around the globe anywhere? Okay, so then I can share, pull out the stops. So you've heard a few names now. I'll, I'll touch on Australia shortly, uh, where we have an operations base. Then you have Fiji, Indonesia, India, if you're looking at the map. And of course, the U.S. is in the Western Hemisphere. So here's a little geography, which I realize is not the greatest, uh, not a big uh, forte for the average American. We're good at other things, but geography, we're not. So the most populous country on earth is? China. China. Number two? India. India. Number three? USA, but we won't count it because it's a Christian-based nation. It used to be Soviet Union, but then it broke up into the republics. Right. Number three is USA. So let's just drop that finger down. Because we're basically a Christian-based country, it doesn't matter which heathen is running the country right now. That's not very politically correct, is it? <laughs> Fourth most populous country on earth. Indonesia. So if you omit the U.S., which stands number three population-wise, the biggest country on earth, population is communist. Number two is Hindu. And number four is Islamic. Indonesia has more Muslims than Iran, Iraq, and Egypt combined. But we don't think of Indonesia. It kind of slips between the cracks. They're not Arabs. You know, I mean, when you think of Arabs, I know what you're seeing. You don't describe it this way, but you're picturing a raghead with a fan belt. <laughs> it's okay. I know y'all are quite politically incorrect, so I could cut loose there. So they may not be Arabs, but they're Muslims all the same. They are quite radical. They've destroyed many, many... I have seen churches which have been destroyed, smashed, burned, looted. I've gone inside the burned and looted building, in, inside the church walls. Jesus Babi. Babi is the word for pig. Jesus Sampa. 
Sampah means trash. You know what Jesus stands for. Jesus. And yet on the other hand, they say he's a prophet and there's a whole chapter in the in their holy book dedicated to him. That's the duplicity and the deception going on. And they cannot get permits to rebuild their churches. But this is all below. If you go to persecution.com, you'll find out. Otherwise it just goes in. So, but you know what happens? The church explodes because they're forced to have house churches. And there's more house churches, more house churches all over the place. So, Indonesia. Now we've covered the three leaving the U.S., right? So we've got a Bible college in Indonesia. The Holy Spirit led us to do that. And one in Indonesia. That's part of the buildings out there. We had five buildings like that. And now they're putting up dorms for like 100 students, etc. And then when I'm in Australia, I do the same thing we do here. And that is teach the Word of God, minister in churches. I, I got to give you something about the Aussies because they have a completely different brand of humor compared to the Americans. So just as I come here like, I'm honored to be here once a year. I walk into this church one Sunday morning and this lady walks up to me and says, Pastor Andrew Taylor, welcome back. I said, you remember me? She said, well, it's hard to forget an ugly face. Okay, <laughs> all right. Okay, that's their brand of humor. And when we had a really good, powerful President Trump, they had a prime minister named Scomo, Scott Morrison, Scomo. So the one of them said to me, you know what's the difference between America and Australia? I said, I don't you tell me. He said, in America, you got President Trump, Johnny Cash, Bob Hope, and Stevie Wonder. In Australia, we have Prime Minister Scomo, no cash, no hope, no wonder. <laughs> so we teach the word in Australia, including outback areas, which is a lot of adventure. One time, we nearly got we, God's hand of provision. We're driving full tilt down to the outback town where I was ministering that Sunday. About three o'clock in the afternoon on Saturday. And suddenly, Anna's kind of dozing. Luke was out of it in the back. Suddenly, a big red. That's a big red kangaroo. Huge. Bounded across the road. Another... Three quarters of a second later, there would have been a head-on collision. We talk about hitting a deer here. There you can get killed from hitting a roo, kangaroo. And just the hand of God. My heart was in my mouth. Just missed us. Praise God. So, I mean, it's cute to see koalas and kangaroos, but you don't want to hit a kangaroo. Big red release. Next. Uh, there's only one of my three books left. It's $10 each. But bigger than that, there's a sign-up pad in the back. So if you're thinking about a trip to Fiji... Special deals, sign up in the back. Please print your email address legibly. You can speak in tongues, but write legibly. Amen? Amen? So, and that's why we also request the cell phone number in case it's Greek. Talk about Greek. Fact, real facts. This is geography for us. Melbourne, Australia has the third largest Greek population of any city on earth. Athens? Thessaloniki, you've heard of Thessalonians? Melbourne, Australia. So when I was new and I was visiting, my younger brother had gone out somewhere, so I went for a walk in the city. And I asked this guy, I asked him a question. He answered me in a foreign language. I said, dude, that's Greek to me. <laughs> it was Greek. He thought, you know, okay, this guy's like, he's, he passes off like Mediterranean. So No, it's Greek to me. Uh, next. 
Yeah, you can be involved in so many ways. Next. Here's the final pitch, and I'll get into the word. When the lockdown began, the Holy Spirit led me to start a YouTube channel. As of today, by the grace of God, there's 333 uploads. It was one per day during the lockdown. I said, devil, you canceled all my preaching engagements. Um, and as the Holy Spirit, every topical message you've preached, upload, upload. And these are not the same as, it's like dense granola bars with all the stuff in it. And then book studies. I've done the book of Philippians, Jonah, Ruth. They're all four chapter books. I've done the whole book of Philemon, which is one chapter. <laughs> Just keep you on your toes there. Right now I'm in chapter 10 of the Gospel of Mark. This is really something. So it takes intense study, review, and then the recording is really... So remember, but that's the 333 uh, recordings and... By God's grace, 1,800 subscribers. I was told after 1,000 subscribers, you could monetize it. We're not interested in monetizing it because that was during the lockdown, 2020. 2021, somebody calls and asks me if I know of a free online Bible college because this young lady, pastor's daughter, had a few months before university would finally open up. I said, I don't know if I do, I'll, I'll let you know. And like a couple of days later, it was like the Holy Spirit saying, why do you think I had to call you? Come on, you've got your book studies, you're continuing to upload, organize it, formulate the test. That's extra work for me now. And do it for free. So we have a free online Bible college. The first two people, apart from that girl, to start were two ladies in central Pennsylvania, believe it or not. So we have people all over the world now doing our free online Bible college. Just sign up on that pad, we can send you that information. But if you... my Hope is at least get 10 new subscribers to our free YouTube channel per weekend. So I know what the headcount is right now on the numbers. Here's how you find it. Andrew, N for no nonsense, Taylor, T-A-Y-L-O-R. There's a lot of Andrew Taylors. Don't type in Andrew Taylor. Andrew, N for November, no nonsense, Taylor. That's our channel. You see a face that looks like uh, uh, an Arab, someone who scares you. I'm called to strike terror into the kingdom of darkness. Aren't you? So I'm a terrorist for Christ. Hallelujah. Andrew N. Taylor, do subscribe. I'll check after the service. Has this gone up by 10? All right, so on the free online Bible college. Thank you. That's it for that tonight.